Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. Last week on our episode was all about control and seeking control in the world around us, the things that are outside of ourselves. As I was reflecting on this, I really was thinking, you know what? I have been witnessing this pretty consistently for about the last five years of my life. I have small children and over the course of the last five years, we've had a toddler. And in the world of toddlers, you deal with a lot of meltdowns and a lot of big feelings. I mean, things in a million years I just never thought would be a big deal. You know, you cut your sandwich in the shape of a rectangle instead of a triangle, or you give someone a purple cup instead of an orange cup. And I mean, these are big feelings coming from your toddlers. And these tempers almost always, and I'm pretty certain probably 100% of the time are when my kids cannot control something outside of themselves that they want to control. And it's very selfish in nature. They are seeking something because they want it and they are not afraid to let you know it. And that's just a part of where they are developmentally. And moms and dads, you all know the frustration of, of being in that phase. It's a lot and it's exhausting. But there comes this turning point, at least in our family, where around four years old, suddenly you realize that you're not having as many tantrums and they're not quite as big and drastic, or at least the big and drastic ones are a little bit more spaced out. The kids start to comprehend a little bit more what you're telling them. And they also, praise God, start to handle the answer no a little bit better. So basically you go from every meal, every time getting dressed, being the most stressful stressful part of your day to these things being spaced out a little bit more. And hopefully as we age, they become less and less. Now, we learned last week that we all still have that desire for control, but hopefully we're not having like on the floor meltdowns. I think for most of us, it becomes adult life and we're having those inner meltdowns. We're still having those big tantrums, but we internalize it. Sometimes we see the external meltdown too. I mean, we talked about this a lot last week, but you can just go to the grocery store and you can stand in the longest line where maybe the person who's checking out has 100 price match items or 100 coupons, or the cashier has to run back and price check something. And at first you start hearing the the huffing and the puffing, the you know, you hear the like so frustrated that they're waiting. Then comes the quiet comments underneath of their breath about how long it's taking. And finally, this complete stranger will just turn to you and they will just let loose on how frustrated they are that they have to wait in line. So some of these things we still struggle with as adults. Some of us learn to handle it a little bit better than others. But here's what I found interesting is I was looking up how our brains mature and how kids mature around the age of four, the age at which I started to notice my kids handling, not being in control of everything, just a little bit better. (laughs) At this time is the part of our brain that starts to develop that regulates self-control. So it's our it's our ability to control ourselves. And, and most of the times it's controlling ourselves or we're being pulled to make a different decision, right? Our innate nature have this huge ginormous meltdown, but we learn self-control and we learn how to regulate those feelings. So there is a type of control that's good for us. And actually it is a gift and a fruit of the spirit that God has given us, the gift of self-control. Got Questions is a really good resource when you wanna look up some biblical information. And so I looked up what does self self-control mean? And it's simply this in the Bible, the ability to control oneself. They say it involves moderation, constraint, and the ability to say no to our baser desires and fleshly lust. 
So those things that as humans, as our flesh just desires to be in control, we can learn to say no to those things. And we see the fruits of the spirit and also the desires of the flesh spelled out for us in Galatians. In chapter five, verses 16 to 18, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. I was reading in the Believer's Bible Commentary, which by the way is another great resource. We've talked about this a lot recently of just understanding scripture better. And they shared something in here that was really good about walking with the Spirit. And it says to walk in the Spirit is to allow God to have his way. It is to remain in communion with him. When we walk in the Spirit, the flesh or self-life is treated is dead. And so it's this idea of continually walking with God, allowing God to do in our life what he wants. And in that, then those flesh desires that we have become treated as dead. I also love the verse in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, where it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So again, we want those flesh desires to die. And that happens when Christ is at work in our life. And when we remain in communion with him, why do we want the flesh desires to die? I just want to read through you just a couple that stood out and scripture spells out some of these for us. Impurity, idolatry, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, envy, drunkenness. And if you want to read the rest, you can go to Galatians. But when when I look at this list, I see a lot of things in this that were being produced out of me seeking control outside of myself. I mean, personally, selfish ambition was one of them. Idolatry, even sometimes jealousy. And for you, it may be something else. But these are the flesh desires. And these are the things that end up happening in our life when we seek the flesh, when we're not walking with God. But here's the beautiful thing. We don't, we don't have to, in our own power, in our own strength, start trying to follow the Spirit and produce the fruits of the Spirit because in our own strength, we're not capable of doing that. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it is, it is God producing these things in our life. It is the Holy Spirit's work in our life as we grow and mature in our relationship with Christ that helps us start producing the fruits of the Spirit. Which again, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. If you look at the rest of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. My kids have been singing the fruits of the Spirit song. It's really hard not to bust out in song. (laughs) But I don't know about you, but when you compare that list to the desires of the flesh, I would much rather have the fruits of the Spirit working in my life. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. If you think about it, the walls of the city, they're meant for protection against an enemy. And so when we lack self-control, we just open ourselves up for the enemy to come in and to attack us. And we allow those desires of the flesh to creep in. So I want to talk about how we can practically apply this in our life. We talked about last week, it's remembering that God is in control of the world around us and the outcomes in our life, so we don't have to be. So one is just remembering that. But two, while we cannot control the world around us, we can control how we choose to respond. So we live in a broken world where there will be trouble and heartache and many things 
out of our control. We can choose to listen to what the world is telling us, right? We can go after the things they tell us to chase and the ways we choose to respond, or we can choose to see what God is telling us and we can choose to put our hope in him. And we know what God is telling us by knowing his word and growing in relationship with him through prayer. We can choose Going back the other direction, we can try our hardest to be in control of the things around us. And we saw last week how that resulted. Or we can choose to say, you know what, God, this doesn't feel good right now and nothing is in my control. And personally, I'm struggling with it. But here is what I want to tell you. I know that what I feel doesn't change the fact that you are in control and I know that you are good. So I am choosing, I'm making the choice to trust you in this moment. For me, the biggest shift of what I'm controlling is where I put my trust and seeking control of things outside of myself and trying to control the world around me was me trying to just put my my trust in myself and then things of this world. And I'll tell you this, it's, it's not a road I ever want to walk down because it never ended up where I wanted it to. Whereas in growing in relationship with God, I started to put my trust and hope in him. And I, I started to see just how beautiful it is. And, and I started to realize, you know what? I can control where I choose to put my hope and my trust. And so if the only decision I get here in this earth is to put my trust and my hope into following Jesus, as long as I can seek that, as long as I have that choice, I have everything I need. Because as I continue to make that choice, God continues to build those fruits of the spirit in my life. And these fruits are better than anything else anyone in this world could give. And just know this is this is not just a one-time decision like yeah I put my hope in Jesus and then I just go walk right back to the world. This is a daily effort of stepping in and saying God, I'm stepping into the world today, but I choose you. So it's this constant choice of continuing to walk with God, continuing to remain in communion with him. And maybe you you haven't made that choice in a while. Maybe you made it once and for a season you were there and then you stepped away. Or maybe you've never made that choice. Or maybe you made it and then you fell off track. God always welcomes you back. It is never too late to turn back to him. Today could be the day. You know what? I've been trying to control everything outside of me for so long. And today, what I'm taking control of is who I put my hope in. And God, today's the day I start my journey with you. And I'm putting my hope in you and I'm going to continue to renew this choice in each day and each moment. And let's talk about something else really beautiful. When we make the choice to trust in God, watch this. When we make the choice to let him know, hey, God, I know you're in control and I'm choosing to trust in that. We know the outcome will be good because he's in control. And I think for a lot of us, that's what we wanted anyways, right? We wanted something good. And the enemy tempts us by going away from what is good, by making us think that we can choose it when the whole time, the only thing we have to do is choose God. We know he is good. We know he's faithful. We know he is loving. We know that the end result will be good. When we trust in God, then we say, whatever is happening to me, while it may not be good in the moment and it's out of my control, I am going to put my hope and trust in God. I get to choose God. And as a result, I'm choosing good, even from heartache and hurt around me. And that's also knowing that even if I don't see the good right now, 
Because sometimes we face heartaches and we face hurt and we can't see the good right now, but we have a God who can see the good and that he is loving and all that he does and he will bring good from it. And maybe we don't see it this side of earth, but we will see it when we sit with him in heaven and he shows us how all the decisions that he was in control were working for good. I want to leave you with this last picture too, as we talk about some of that hurt and that heartache. I shared this once back in the beginning of the podcast, but I think it's worth sharing again. And also I know some of you are new and and haven't been around for all the episodes. There was this day where we were at one of our favorite amusement parks with our kids. And for the longest time, we were in this beautiful place. And if you're here, enjoy it, where the kids were about the same height, getting to ride all the same rides. It was beautiful. And we didn't realize how good it was at the time. But then came the time for my older child to get to ride a ride that the younger one could not. And in that moment, when that younger child realized they were not allowed to go on the bigger ride, this was a legit meltdown. Their little brain could just not comprehend why they couldn't go. And in the middle of a, a busy midway on the ground crying, they just laid out on the ground and they cried and they were so mad and it broke my heart. It was just, again, one of those things, their brain just it wasn't to a place developmentally where they could understand it. And in that moment, I bent down, I picked up this child and I gave him a hug and I told him that I loved them and my heart hurt for them. But I also knew because of where I was in life, I could tell this child, you'll get to ride one day. And also my child, there is so much more to life than this ride. I know right now it seems like your whole world is ending, but I promise you, you will get your turn. And I so strongly feel that this is what God must feel like in those moments when life is out of our control. But it's, it's not something small like waiting in line or not riding a ride at an amusement park. It's, an, it's a loss that's so unimaginable that you aren't sure how good can come from it or how life can even go on. It's a moment where as humans and in our flesh, our limited minds just can't comprehend it and the pain and the hurt is real. And God, because he's so significantly above us, he sees how it's going to work out, but that doesn't stop him from bending down and picking us up in that moment and loving us in our loss and in our hurt. And he also knows and he can tell us and we see this in scripture that something better is to come. We just have to keep our faith in him. So today you do get control. You can control where you put your hope and trust and you can decide which path in this life you're going to take. The world's path is crowded and there's a lot of people there. So don't let that fool you. Don't let the crowds fool you. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the wide gate is broad, is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus is that narrow gate. And when you follow him and you make the choice and you continue to make the choice to follow him, even when the world's telling you it doesn't make sense, even when sometimes your own feelings seem like it's just not adding up, we don't have to rely on our feelings because we have trust and hope in who God is. We have his word and his story throughout history to remind us of his goodness and his faithfulness and that we know when we follow him that we will have life and we will have it to the full. And we know that we are choosing to put our hope in a God that is good and that will bring good even when the world around us is evil. 
Let's end today in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today just so thankful for who you are. Thank you, God, for continuing to allow us to have the choice to choose you, even though so many times we've chose to do it in our own strength and in our own power and in the ways that the world tells us. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for showing us in scripture that you're good, that you're loving, that you're faithful. So even in those days where we're just not feeling like things are good, we don't have to trust in our feelings because we know through your word that you are good and that you bring about good. God, I would just pray over the person who's struggling with control right now. I would just pray for them to have new sight of you, new vision of you and who you are, that they would see you for who you are and that they know that taking the choice to put their hope and trust in you is the best choice they could ever make because they are choosing one who is good and faithful and brings about so many blessings and one who provides hope beyond what this world God, I pray that all of us would just continue to fix our eyes on you, would continue to choose you and keep our hope in the life that is to come. And that even when the world is hard here, that you are our best source of comfort and hope and peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. We just can't say it enough how thankful we are and how blessed we are to just walk through this journey with you. Please feel free to leave us ratings and reviews. Please feel free to share the podcast. You are how we get the podcast into hands of others and how we continue to help one another run back to Jesus. We hope you have a very blessed day. We'll see you again next week.